Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. There is nothing quite like NBA free agency, which opened earlier today. Or at least it was advertised as opening at 6 p.m. Eastern on August 2nd in this year of our Lord 2021. Anyone who follows the NBA knows that free agency actually starts whenever an agent and a team find a mutual attraction for one of the agent's clients. That could be a year before their existing deal expires or a couple of weeks. But the start sure as hell isn't whatever date and time the NBA calendar pronounces it as. Otherwise, these mega deals with their carefully negotiated terms, clauses, options, and outs couldn't be agreed on minutes after the starting time and date arrives. I did get the impression that there was a slight delay in the announcements this year, and I wondered if the league put out a memo to the teams to hold off a few minutes, telling anyone about their deals. But a GM told me that no memo was issued and reminded me that the teams generally generally aren't the source for free agent announcements. The agents are. Now, it's possible they were notified, unofficially of course, either by the players' union or the league, to hold off for at least 10 minutes or so before confirming anything. I checked a couple of the usual suspects' Twitter feeds to see when the deluge of announcements began, and I believe it was at least 10 minutes or so after the start time, which is not how it's been in recent years, which simply throws 
egg on the face of the league when it comes to their attempts to suggest that there is no tampering, that teams or opposing teams are not talking to players before they are officially free agents, when they're actually the property of another team, which is supposed to be illegal and against team rules. Now, I do find it funny how uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski is now fully utilizing the power of his social media reach to pay back the agents who feed him first with deals. In every announcement, he's making sure to name the specific agents who negotiated the deal and highlight what makes the deal noteworthy for the client. Now, a lot of these agents work for big agencies and they're not known individually. I mean, some of the bigger, the Bill Duffy's, the Jeff Schwartz's, the Mark Bartlestein's, those are the agents who are, are known across the landscape. But Adrian's making a point of naming the agents who are also part of these big agencies, but normally don't get the same kind of shine. Or in the case of Duncan Robinson re-signing with the Heat, he made sure to mention Robinson's podcast. Now, as I said, these are agents that most people have never heard of and who fans or followers really couldn't care less about. But it's good for the agents because it gets their names out there. It's free advertising. And Woj is represented by Creative Artists Agency, or CAA, which also has a slew of player agents he happens to be quoting in his tweets. It's a little in-house cooking that's good for everyone at the table. I'm not mad at Adrian for it, but that's how the business works now. The reporter gets the scoop in exchange for something in return, where once it was whoever could get there first or built the strongest relationship or garnered the most respect for being fair was rewarded. Now it's more about the power of the platform a reporter yields. And I'm not dismissing that relationships, that Adrian is building relationships the same way that I did or anybody else that's been in the business. I'm sure he is. I'm sure Shams is. But it's clearly more transactional than it's ever been. And there's no doubt I benefited from the ESPN platform as well when it came to getting scoops. It just wasn't as overt as... I'll report it this way in exchange for getting it first. And again, Adrian is in no way alone on this. It's pretty much how anyone working in that space operates these days. And I dare say has to operate because the time sequence is so short. The difference between being credited with the scoop and not is a matter of minutes. Where it's going off the rails that I do take exception to during free agency lately is that inflated numbers are being reported. They're not wrong. They're just not realistic. They include sizable bonuses for such difficult to reach accomplishments as league MVP, first team all NBA, or winning a championship. Or not all of the money is guaranteed. For examples, Chris Paul's extension with the Phoenix Suns was reported as four years and 120 million, 
which means he'd be making on average $30 million until he was 40 years old. Suns fans, understandably, were wondering what the hell GM James Jones might be thinking. But I was told only the first two years of the deal are guaranteed and part of the third year. The fourth year is fully non-guaranteed. And all of that makes more sense. It's still counting on Paul being healthy for two more seasons and through his 38th birthday. But it's a reasonable reward for someone who led them not only to their first playoff appearance in a decade, but all the way to the NBA Finals. I doubt Paul and the Suns can replicate that feat. But they should be a playoff team for the next two years, which means more playoff experience for such young players as Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and Cam Johnson. Preparing them to play one day with a potentially lesser point guard and still have success because now they will be, or then they will be, the experienced ones. That is what you call an ancillary dividend or seeing the big picture or playing the long game or all three. Trey Young's reported extension of 270, excuse me, 207 million for five years was an example of a deal where every possible bonus was included in the total number, even if the achievements are extraordinary to earn the bonus. Mike Connolly's extension with the Jazz was reported as a three-year, $72 million extension, which would be crazy. $24 million a year for a point guard who will be 36 in the last year of the extension, who was an all-star for the first time. Uh, as for Trey's uh, reported extension, 270, $207 million, I can't stop saying that, $207 million for five years, I've been told is actually closer to $172 million for five years. As with Connolly, I'm told the actual value is not $72.5 million, but $58 million, or $19 million a year, which again makes more sense. Evan Fournier's $78 million deal with the Knicks is equally inflated by how much and in what way, I don't know yet. So how are these inflated contracts created without being an outright fabrication? This is how. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's say there's a $1 million bonus each year of a five-year contract if the player wins a title in any one year, or $1 million each time he makes first-team All-NBA, or $1 million for every year he's league MVP. Now, realistically, he'd be doing really well if he com- accomplished each of those goals, say, once over the next five years. But if we ignore what's realistic and just look at it as what was can be potentially made, it's an extra $15 million added to the value of the contract. 
who is whoever is reporting the number can get around reporting the bigger number and still claim accuracy with a little wordplay by saying it could be worth as much as without detailing how they'd have to get there. One of the teams that garnered a lot of buzz in free agency in the, or the opening of free agency was the Miami Heat, adding Kyle Lowry in a sign-in trade with Toronto and P.J. Tucker and extending Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson. Color me only mildly impressed. I'm not convinced P.J. Tucker has anything left. I'm glad, as I've said, that Lowry opted to go to a competitive team rather than, say, the New Orleans Pelicans. But I'm still not sure they're any closer to a title if they have to have Robinson and Tyler Hero defending for an extended period of time. Not against the best teams. It solidifies them as a playoff team, arguably a first-round home court advantage team. But not much more than that. Milwaukee is still better. Brooklyn is still better. Atlanta should be too. And Philly still could be. Maybe I'm showing my bargain shopping ways, but the moves I liked the most were the ones where the impact could be much greater than the actual money spent. In the case of the Heat or the Suns, Lowry and Paul can't just be good themselves. They have to elevate the entire team for multiple years to justify their contracts. It's a tall order. The Chicago Bulls, on the other hand, are trying to elevate themselves into a solid playoff team by acquiring Lonzo Ball on a sign-and-trade deal with New Orleans. They're not asking Lonzo Ball to do it all. They're just asking Lonzo Ball to fill in the gaps. Ball being as quiet as Zach Levine is not ideal, but purely as a basketball player, he's exactly what they need. A big point guard who can defend the tough perimeter assignment, push the tempo, and spot up, creating space and allowing Levine to save his energy for the offensive end. It moves Kobe White to a third guard off the bench, which is the perfect role for him on a good team. Playing all three at times to go small and fast could be interesting too. Best of all, they got Ball on a very reasonable four-year $85 million deal, which I trust is not inflated. If it is, they really got a good deal. They also added Alex Caruso, who should be solid coming off the bench to play with White. Caruso is getting $37 million over four years, which feels like a reasonable number. That both Caruso and Ball are in their mid-20s is also attractive. If they're ever going to live up to those contracts, it's going to be now, in their prime. With Kobe and Caruso, it will, all, it will allow the Bulls to mix and match as far as who the primary ball handler or offensive initiator is off the bench. All in all, it gives them a bunch of racehorses to go with Nikola Vucevic at center. Ball will also be valuable in helping defend the pick and roll, which is where Vucevic can be vulnerable and was last season with either, either Kobe White or Levine as the guard. A few other deals that were smaller in number, but I believe as impactful as the ones that grabbed the headlines. Bobby Portis staying in Milwaukee on a two-year, $9 billion deal, and Nick Batum staying with the Clippers on a similar two-year deal. Both were important cogs on teams that I still consider legit title contenders next season. And if we've seen one thing about championship teams, 
It's all about their depth. That is the question that I have with a team like the Miami Heat or, say, the Los Angeles Lakers, whose free agency moves I'm going to save for the next podcast. Before I go, I want to touch on Team USA defeating Spain in the quarterfinals to advance in the Olympic competition. I believe I may have made a mistake in a podcast last week and said Team USA was playing France, for which I apologize. That will have to wait for the gold medal game if France is able to get past Slovenia, which is no guarantee. By beating Spain, Team USA earns a semifinal game with the winner of Australia and Argentina. We're coming down the home stretch now for Team USA with a game every other day for the rest of the week. Semifinal on Wednesday, gold medal game on Friday if they get there. I would expect that they will get there. They did to Spain exactly what Slovenia did. Played fast and small and ran Spain's 36-year-olds into submission. Marcus Gasol played all of 10 scoreless minutes. Rudy Fernandez, also 36, played 25 scoreless minutes. Team USA won 95-81, but if not for Ricky Rubio playing a transcendent game with 38 points in 27 minutes, including four seven threes, and 16 points off the bench by Sergio Rodriguez, the game would not have been that close. What's most impressive is how the ball is moving and being shared and the gritty defense being played by everyone on Team USA. Now, Greg Popovich likes to switch everything defensively, which leaves guards like Levine and Drew Holiday guarding seven-footers in the post against offenses that will patiently work to get the ball to them on a regular basis. But all of them have been up to the task of fronting and battling to make it as difficult as possible. And they've been doing it without using their hands. That's the big adjustment that they've had to make in international competition is you can use your body as much as you want to play defense. You just can't use your hands, which is the exact opposite of the way a lot of guys play in the NBA. With pressure on the passer and help coming quickly from the weak side if the ball does make it into the post, it was enough to prevent Spain from getting a steady diet of buckets off post-ups. Rubio, who is master at entry passes to bigs, had only four assists and four turnovers. Now, part of that is because Spain had to go with younger bigs that he's not as dialed into as he is with Marcus All. This might sound corny, but so be it. I'm proud to see an American team play the way this one has. They've shed their NBA star airs to do the little things required to win an international competition. The first little thing being not looking to single-handedly take over the game, which is a lot harder than it sounds when that is your instinct when the game gets tight. Devin Booker is the only one who has lapsed into that, and it's stuck out like the proverbial sore thumb. They are playing like a true team, and they're playing like it matters. And for that, I'm grateful. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball 
on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said, in the next episode, I'm planning to break down all of the moves by the Lakers. They have added a an array of 30-somethings that, in the face of what they're trying to do, makes sense. But I can't help but feel as if they might be facing the same fate as Spain and its older squad did against Team USA. But we'll get into it in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.